Hey, man. Long time no see. It's been a while. Yeah, how, how are things? Good. I mean, I'm trying to stay as safe as possible during the quarantine. And I remember the last time we talked, um, your daughters are both still teaching, which is good at home. And you're still um, maneuvering around your yeah. hobbies as well as your I teaching. Think, yeah, I'm teaching my classes online. Uh, we've adapted the best we possibly can right now. Uh, you know, it's it's not the real face-to-face that we like, love to have out here, but uh, making the best of it. I think we're all making the best of it at this point. Uh, my other daughter who works with six-man cruises, uh, she's got her job and she works here because they're in between cruise seasons. So I think her next one's uh, my, one of our slipknot over in Spain mm-hmm. in August that they have hope that they're still going to be doing. And my other daughter takes her classes. So, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can. You know, we're very lucky. And you get to spend more time in the garden, which is like something that you also thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I've been spending a little time in the garden. It's been raining a lot this week. So kind of ducked out today and put some corn in, corn seeds in the ground and uh, transplanted a few radishes. But that's about it, you know? Yeah, because I have a green thumb kind of, but not with the garden aspect. Like, I just have like a couple house plants that like, it's like therapeutic and such. So, um Ever since uh, the 25th anniversary, you um, have been investing a lot of time um, in your other entrepreneurial uh, projects. Uh, One that I'm really falling in love with, which is the 320 uh, conversations that you kind of collaborated with, with Talinda Bennington. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, how's that been going? Well, Talinda Talinda came to me, God, it's almost been a year ago, and said, you know, she was looking to do something in Chester's legacy. And originally, you know, of course, everyone wants to come to me and talk about a tour. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was at just at this point where, you know, I wasn't really the idea of a tour wasn't the most appealing thing. But I said, you know, let me let me think. I think there's definitely totally understanding where this is coming from. Let's see if we can create something, a unique thing. Um, and uh, we put together a pretty awesome project called the 320 Festival, a 320 Project, 320 Festival. And um, I was able to take it into my teaching setting at USC and create a class for it. So we had students on, uh, we had students involved, and they've been working really hard on it. And uh, it was going to be held on, on May 9th at LA Live. I went to my old friends at AG and Golden Voice, who I used to do a lot of shows with, and said, you know, can I use this facility? And uh, they were kind enough to find me a Saturday. A Saturday at LA Live was very difficult, but oh. we had. Uh, we had Club Novo, we had the uh, Microsoft Theater, we had the movie theaters. Everyone really rallied around this concept and idea. And uh, we were going to have 43. It was going to be completely free to the public. Uh, 43 nonprofits would be participating. We had a, a full stage of entertainment out in the plaza. We had speakers and roundtables at Club Novo. Over 60 speakers lined up. And uh, we went back into that teaching setting and I said, we should do a kickoff event, similar to what I did with all my tours when I would have those kickoff events. And uh, we had it on March 9th at the uh, USC campus and uh, very well attended. This right, it kind of seems like so long ago, but it was, you know, really only a month ago that we kind of were starting to go on lockdown. You know, there was this yeah. discussion that you shouldn't be going out, a lot of confusion. Not that there, there isn't a lot of confusion a month later out here right now, but uh, <laughs> confusion has been different and created by a certain someone at around three o'clock in the afternoon every day, which I'm on with you, which I won't watch him today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did the event. We did the event on March 9th, and we were lucky to have Ken Jung, who is uh, from The Hangover and Mass Singer, came out and co-hosted the event. And 
Kalinda was there, and we brought in this woman named Tiffany Jenkins from a uh, very big advocate for addiction recovery and uh, mental health. Uh, she has her uh, uh, podcast and broadcast, uh, Juggling the Jenkins. And, you know, we had some great organizations like NAMI, Rise Above Disorder, uh, participating. I invited uh, Morgan from Emo Night came out, and we had a great night. A great panel, and Justin Furstenfeld from Blue October, October did his one-person show. Uh, he has a movie coming out called Stand Back Up, and or Get Back Up, I'm sorry, Stand Back Up, Get Back Up, and uh, about his slip into addiction out on the road. That The story was, unfortunately, the story fits so many people we've known, you know, success, yeah. the road, isolation, you know, depression, addiction. Uh, but the movie was going to premiere at this event, and then uh, that was on March 9th. And we we went online with it, and we had 194,000 viewers. So it kind of showed that. Congratulations, man! We're, we're kind of like, hey, there's a there's definitely a need for this. And then March 11th hit, and March 11th was the day they shut down pretty much around LA. Like all the schools shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were told that all our classes would be going online. Uh, there was no more large gatherings on campuses. You know, the dominoes started falling around uh, everything. And, you know, everyone gets taken back a little bit in life. And I was at first going, oh, my gosh, should we just put all this work in? It's not going to happen. But instead, <laughs> we turned it around, instead, we've turned it around and it'll be going online. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be announcing the actual platforms in the next week or so. But we went back to all the panelists and um, most of them are making themselves available It'll actually run for three days on, on May 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, the 320 Festival will be online. Yeah. Uh, now, we've had to adjust a few things, like the film festival. We'll, instead, we'll be doing a film, a panel from the filmmakers. We were hoping to do the screening of these films. Um, we'll be doing a panel with them. Uh, we had a benefit show scheduled for that evening, which was actually a ticketed event. And many of those artists now will be going online and doing something online as part of this event. So it's a pretty ambitious project. We're looking at about 21 hours of broadcast time. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that mental health is not talked about as much. And um, the stage that uh, Talinda is, uh, she's putting herself on uh, through the tragedy with her um, with her husband. Um, now that in general for mental health, we can kind of get more of an example of how it can affect somebody without even so- showing signs or any kind of um, symptoms, let alone, you know, what they're going through. Um, because when I was on the Warped Tour with Poeta in 2017, our first show was in Indiana. So we drove out from New Jersey to Indiana. And what happened was we played our show. We were on the Skull Candy stage, I'm sure as you know. So right next to us was um, one of the journey stages, either left or the right foot. So we played our show. It was great. And then soon after, we, we got the news. Um, and that just kind of like brought like the 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 mood down a little bit like everybody was just in complete shock and then the the whole community in itself basically you know wanted to make sure that if anybody was okay to reach out to do something and it's just one of those things that I have a passion for because I know I sometimes struggle with it as well as like not as more as others but I think we just need to put a little bit more of a light on mental health and any kind of um, addiction diseases that you know, that people are afraid to talk about. Well, in many ways, the, 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 stig, the stigma is starting to roll back. You know, yeah. uh, there was a stigma about 
I'm tough, the show must go on, you know, it's in general, you know, the stigma of mental health, and, you know, we're a microcosm of society, is starting to come back a little bit. You're not looked as damaged or, you know, a problem, you know, your mm -hmm. mental health, with, with, with the right help, with the right discussions, the right conversations, um, sometimes that might be the right medications, uh, the right change of lifestyle, which could be meditations. Mm -hmm. uh, we're finding that uh, many issues regarding mental health, one, you're not alone. There's a lot of people with the same issues. Two, they can be, we can, you can, you, by, through discussion and through community, uh, you can work, you, you can fix a lot of these things, mm -hmm. or, or at least not maybe fix them, you, you can bring them down, you can bring them to a manageable level. We, mm -hmm. we have manageable levels of stress, we have manageable, you know, we, we all go through life, but understanding that other people has it, and that it, it's okay, you know, um, and mental, the mental health side, you know, and that's, you know, for me, a lot of it was, there's a lot of people on the road, and we lost a whole generation of artists that were people that were my peers, you know, when we look at it and when you, you know, you have the people like Chester and your Chris Cornell and Scott Weiland, Lane Stanley, you kind of keep going down the list of people that we lost from my generation. And uh, those resources should be there. We should be able to have these things. So we thought with 320, we were going to cross. It wasn't, you know, of course, driven by our passion for music, but the wide range where we have a wide range of panelists that be education and mental health, uh, uh, living with addiction, uh, there's going, of course, crossing over with that. We're going to have uh, mental health and first responders. We're having a panel on that. Mental health and sports, um, alternative um, treatments for mental health. Good, so we, good. You know, a lot of really good stuff there. Um, and we'll be announcing it, and hopefully people will tune in and, and, and capture parts of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of like bringing it back to Warp Tour with uh, the sense when I was on in 2017, um, or prior to that in general for the tour, um, with selecting the bands that you put on your tour in general um, that were a little bit more, uh, on, on say, underground, like what kind of like made you have an insight to where they might be um, some some of the more prominent acts, like such as um, we had, you had Motionless and White who was in a battle of the bands at one point and then they hit the bigger stage. Or Katy Perry obviously, you know, did her uh, tour with... Um, her as a solo artist, as well as Paris, who went for the Ernie Ball stage, and they immediately, I think, went to the main stage within like two weeks or something yeah. like that. So, how did you kind of like make those decisions up um, on your end to say, "Hey, like this band has a chance"? Well, I, I, I mean, I think I, were by, you know, but my background from working in those clubs, three hundred twenty nights a year, I was working. You know, when you figure three hundred twenty nights, you had minimum three bands. I was working with a thousand bands a year. Mm -hmm. you started to get that feel watching young bands and watching things, you know, kind of who, you know, watching audiences. Some people will, will always give me it because they say, oh, you watch people instead of listen to it. Well, yes, you listen to music, but I watch the, the response to people. Um, and that response could start out with four people on a dance floor one night, you know, as an opening act in a club. But watching also the artist and, and seeing how they, they – you know, how they interact with the crowd, how they're, you know, they, they can command a stage. It always gave me a little bit, probably a little bit more background as an A&R person uh, by exposure than anything else, you know, when I was working in those clubs. Uh, you know, some nights you'd, you'd see something and, and, and the rumor was that this was going to be the next big thing. And, 
And you'd be like, oh, you know, and, and then you'd, you'd see a young band that no one really knew walk out on stage and just go, wait, wait, what happened to this band right here? So when I had my own tour, I could kind of curate it a little bit more. Yes, it was influences. People were bringing this to me from all around the country. I can only imagine, yeah. You know, but, um, you know, it, it got to a point where, I, you know, I, Motionless and White was a great band that could cross over between Warp Tour and Mayhem Audience. I thought they were one of those bands that we could put on any one of our tours. Anything we were doing, <laughs> Motionless and White could fit in. And that was yeah. pretty cool uh, because they didn't fit in like some little box that you put them into. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And especially how the music industry changes over the, like, the decades. Um, I think for me, for an example, um, when I was listening to CDs on a regular basis, so, you know, changing my CD player, and it went to you know, getting everything online, the iPod was invented as well as you now now we have streaming. Like, what do you think was like the most significant change in the industry for grabbing the attention of the viewer or the listener? Well, you know, for, it, like I said, it was that, that iPod originally when people started listening yeah. to them more on shuffle, when you could actually listen to, and I started seeing people that, you know, that might be a metal person all of a sudden can jump over to a punk song or maybe a country influence song. And you were listening to the world on shuffle. So listening to things on shuffle created those influences. And that's where I started seeing the bands coming from multiple influences. Bands would start saying, all of a sudden you watch bands and they were pulling from, you know, rap in a way, and they were putting melodies from metal into, you know, maybe all of a sudden it'd be a break into something that's kind of, if you really listen deeply, there were some, some country elements into it. You know? <laughs> uh, but I think that was just society started, you know, listening to things on shuffle. Mm -hmm. So that spilled over to artists who were gathering influences from all over just as well. Um, so watching that really kind of develop was always very, very interesting to me. Yeah, it completely evolved. Um, I mean, especially I think Run DMC and Aerosmith kind of changed that perspective in collaborating with uh, the kind of those, mixing those genres. Um, so it's just one of those things that I remember when we were going to set tours and a schedule with guarantees. Um, Basically, we had to have good quality music and see if we fit the bill. Uh, however, now these booking agents kind of want to see your streaming plays on, say, Spotify in order to get you on a tour and such. Right, which is, I, which is, I think, ugh, that's that's a that's a tricky one because you know, can the band carry it live? You know, yeah, uh, that's where I maybe had a little issues because when I used to work in the clubs, I used to know all the bands. And I knew I'd seen them play lives, but as the years went past, you know, I wasn't going out 320 nights a, a year. I had a you know family, I had school, and you know things that we were doing at home, so I wasn't out as much. Uh, so all of a sudden, there was that moment in time bands were getting signed off the of streams, they were getting put on tours off the of streams, but maybe they weren't ready to perform live. Mm -hmm. uh, Warp Tour was a tour that you needed to be able to perform live. You were usually up against at least one or two other stages at any given time, if not more. Um, there's a lot of distractions. So if you could not carry a show live, you couldn't really perform on Warp Tour. And um, I got to a point where I wasn't going out. And I was booking a few bands based on recommendations. And I'll never forget a band. that They were nice, nice girls. They were super nice, um, called The Millionaires. Oh, I love and, them, yeah. You know, they're super nice people, but they were sent out on the road, and this was a management company I'd done a lot with, and they were sent out by the management company that I trusted would would under, would get it, that you don't want to send your band out that can't perform live. <laughs> and uh, they got out on, on, on tour with us, 
and they they just couldn't they couldn't perform live. Mm-hmm. Uh, deep in my heart, I wish I, I I probably would have done them a favor by sitting them down and telling them to go home and get better and come back the following summer or something as a live act. But really I was, I, I ended up having to shelter them almost. Um, oh, wow. Putting them in spots where I knew like, I think Bring Me to the Horizon might've been on that tour. So you'd always make sure they were playing against those mm-hmm. bands. So everyone would go see those bands on those stages that were pretty hardcore music bands. And they would not be put in spots where they might, they were, they were taking a lot of abuse from the fans because they just weren't, ready for that live performance mm-hmm. yeah that's a shame especially because like when you like take a step back and you look at a band like you you kind of have an idea like you know they're ready with the experience that you have doing the clubs and all um like for example like i remember when you were saying something about how good charlotte had like a really goofy album cover <laughs> and yeah. then you go heard heard him play live and you're like wow this band is definitely great that yeah great yeah. Live performance yeah you know i think that was just the they were young you know, the label had a lot of influence on that first album, you know, but, you know, hey, they turned out all right, you know, <laughs> everyone, when everyone said, once everyone got to, plus they were just, they're just genuinely nice people. Mm-hmm. Benji Most- and Joel, are, you know, the whole band is just, but Benji and Joel, just genuinely nice people. You wanted to support them. You wanted them to be successful. 90% of the bands and the artists and the crew that I met on Warp Tour when I was on it, like, were completely um, warm and welcoming. Um, they knew we were coming from the sponsorship of Skull Candy. So it was really cool that, you know, we were just hanging out with our last night and just like throwing around a Frisbee or just talking to hands like houses, just like having like a normal conversation. So well, that's what I always said. We're, you know, really technically, you know, and I think we're going to see that more. I'm hoping um, mm-hmm. after the coronavirus thing, but maybe people are recognizing that we are a community. We are, they were all artists. They were all crew people. We need to support each other because, I, you know, I watched the internet kind of get in the way of people actually meeting and, and bands actually, because when bands would sometimes come towards those last few years of Warped and say, oh, we don't want to tour with this band or we don't want to be on a tour with that. I'd be like, wouldn't you want to be on a tour with all the bands? Absolutely. Yeah. Why are and, you even like having that thought process in your head? And, and the process was we don't like their, you know, we don't like them. And I said, well, if you don't like them, it's not like you're forced to hang out with someone. You're not forced to endorse someone. And you know what? If you really don't think they're that good of a band, why don't, wouldn't you want to play right before or after them every day so you can steal their fans if you're so, <laughs> you know? Um, I always said that Anti-Flag, who was very political, you know, they had a lot of, they're a great band, but they didn't care. They just wanted to play in front of people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because the message was so important. So they didn't. They didn't judge, you know, Attila or some band, something like some of these other bands did. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to go out there and kick ass and steal their fans. And that's what they did. <laughs> I mean, even yeah. you know, and you know, then it was a few times, you know, it'd be like I'd get a little bit, you know, and you know, here, oh, I don't want to be a warp desk band. I go, well, what's wrong with being a warp desk band? Some of those bands like Bad Religion, No Effects, and Pennywise now have thirty-year, almost forty-year careers. Um, some of them and. You know, bands who did less than Jake, who played the most Warped tours ever, and they've had a pretty nice life. You know, they, they've got to do what they wanted to do their whole lives, and um, I think they they felt that Warped tour was a big part of that. Yeah, that's just the ignorance because of the fact that you know you're putting the spotlight with having one of the only tours that is doing a cross country run, if not the only tour over an entire summer. So it's basically all eyes on the Warped, and for that thing, uh, for that reason, I, some people are just picky. I just can't I can't wrap my head around people's opinions and stuff. So I just Kind of yeah. like brush it aside. Um, yeah, so you know, we're, 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 you know, really working on this 320. We'll be making these announcements in the next uh, short while here. 
but we plan on having it online and our teaching is going great. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually listening to music, get back to enjoying music. Uh, mm. I'm not, you know, I was gotten to this point where I was listening to music to just book music. Will this work on the show? Will this be something that will be part of festival? So, um, you know, the past uh, six months or seven months, I've been able to start to listen to music in a different way again. What was uh, our stage manager was Mitch for Skull Candy in 2017. What was his, like, do you, was he with you on the tour for a while? Like over the years? Oh, you had Mitch Alden. Yeah, yeah Mitch Alden. Yeah, that guy's a character. Yeah, I, well, Mitch was, um, I knew Mitch all the way back to 1995. He was the road manager for Sublime. Okay. And weren't they kicked off the tour? Um, well, they the were sent year. home. They were sent home for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of sense. No, you know, it's like bands. It's funny they go. Like, there's a few bands who have, like use that as or use that at points of their career that they were kicked off work tour. You know, I one Sublime was sent home because the dog. We didn't have any food, and the dog ate all. It was just a crazy story. I told they had, we had a rule: no dog. I, I with them, no dog, no friends. Yeah. You know, you didn't know, you know, the dog was, was bad. He was a bad dog. Lou dog was a bad dog, mm-hmm. but his, their friends were the worst. And, you know, it's nice to see though, a, a couple of their friends recently um, came and spoke to me. Um, it was almost a point of like making amends because they made my life so miserable. And now that they've grown up and they work in the sober living community and everything, it, it, they're doing well in life. They survived. I'm surprised they're still alive. It, um, when they were at that point in 95, I wouldn't have been surprised that, you know, someone had put a bullet in their head or, or something would have happened to them really bad. Um, trust me, I would, at one point in my life, if I had a loaded gun, I probably would have done it myself. But they grew up. You know, you don't, you can't, it's hard to remain an asshole your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, I always said, they, you know, that, that either you grow up, you go to jail, or you die. There's no in between. You can't just be that kind, you can't be what they were at that point. No, I've seen people like grow up, they, they peak at a certain age or a certain time period, and, and that's in yeah, the so, you know, Sublime, you know, they did get sent home in New York. Uh, for, I said, join me in Seattle. It wasn't a big deal. They only missed, like, we, back then we used to have to do, like, we did, like, Chicago and Milwaukee and had to drive all the way to Seattle. So it was, like, two oh, shows, wow. you know. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like they were they were just sent away for a couple of days because my life was, my, my career, I was putting everything out on the line, and they were taking too much, they were taking too much time. They were just too much of my effort babysitting them. Yeah, uh, a few other bands, you know, but but they were, they, you know, <laughs> soft spark, you know. Um, sadly, we lost Brad Noel right after that that summer, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you still working on a bunch of nonprofits after the Warp Tour has ended? Besides the three twenty, um, have you invested time in anything? Yeah, well, we're you know we're, we're, I'm looking at a project right now. I, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. We'll know in the next little bit. But I've got an idea, and it's going to include a lot of those Warped Tour nonprofits. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, we still throw our charity golf tournament for Music Cares. We do events, our auction for TJ Martell. I'm still involved with the nonprofit world, um, working with uh, Generation SOS, which was a concept off of Fend a couple of years ago. So we're, you know, yeah, we're definitely. You know, at, at this point in time, uh, I think we all need to stand for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially because like. When we were on the tour, it seemed like trying to get a hold of you just to have like a small conversation. Like you're just so busy. I think you just like there's no there's no kind of like relaxation mode like besides towards I guess the end of the night when you had some downtime to like read a book or something or. Oh God! I'd try to I'd start a book at the beginning of the summer and I'd I'd get on the bus and I'd read a page. <laughs> I think I got through like what are we out there fifty six days or something? Yeah. I got 
65 pages in a book, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it was definitely towards the end there physically, you know, I work one way, hundred percent all in. So physically it was, it was pretty brutal, mm-hmm. but, you know, exhausted out there all the time. But, uh, you know, you got up every morning and you, and you put on that show. Or you, uh, or you show up to a barbecue where we're playing knockout and you actually kind of kick ass and knock us out of the game. Uh, <laughs> like, I, mean, I, yeah, I make a brief moment. I, you pick your moments to pick your, pick your moments uh, in between to gain your credibility. You know, it's, uh, we're going to many barbecues, but you pick that moment and you jump in and like, oh man, people go, you can hang at a barbecue. And I duck around the corner five minutes later and go to bed. So that was a secret. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, no, we had a good time. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So the tour that we had, it was for 11 days. Um, we had a, we had a blast. Thankfully for the, uh, the sponsorship through school Kenny. So thankfully they were actually a partner of the warp tour again due to, um, having us on there. Um, so, um, have you, taking any interest into going into the conferences in the near future or like traveling in that sense more so like speaking to bigger public audiences like you kind of did at the music uh the launch music conference in Lancaster um I, I I've been actually now that I'm focusing on teaching at USC um the traveling's way down yeah you know? it's the traveling's way down uh, I'm not jumping on planes like I used to I used to like love doing I go all over the and do it anywhere panel speakers and everything I'm I'm really focused at, at being at home right now Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's been nice, you know, uh, teaching that Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, full, full schedule on campus. And anyone who t- tells you that teaching is Tuesdays and Thursdays is wrong. It's the rest of the week you're dealing with. Um, you're going, you know, with, with school, you've got things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got grading papers, you've got office hours. So really it's the traveling. Gosh, it was strange. It was, uh, you know, it was the other day for Christmas, we went, went to Jamaica and, and traveling was like all foreign again. Like, whoa, wow, got to have this paperwork. Got to have this. Where it used to be like pick up the bag and bail in, in an hour. You know, it was uh, now, now I'm just becoming that that uh, tourist out there once in a while. <laughs> on a plane, you know, not living out of a backpack. Got a big DSLR camera right in the front of you. Exactly. Backpacks of full stuff. Around my neck with a, with a passport and ID, you know, if found, returned to. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool, though. Um, so um yeah launch is coming up and uh they just booked they just rebooked it um or they postponed it to june i believe that just went up today so i was kind of curious um i believe i was there when you were speaking um and they got a pretty good lineup coming on as well um so yeah so um have you um had any kind of like advice do you have any kind of advice for bands who um, although they have to have great quality music, like what's the next step for them in, in, in all for them to become a, um, regular, um, or like touring artist in a sense. Well, I think, you know, it's going to be one of these times learning how to use some of these tools to artists develop because, you know, we're all locked in our houses right now. And I think a, an artist could kind of start this technology that's now available for these, you know, in-house, uh, concert series, insight to kind of build your audience that way if i was an artist i'd I'd start developing my own series you know of of weekly formats where we can where i can build my relationship with people online that could be like a fun thing not only musically maybe that's interspersed with like what are the band's hobbies like at home right now are they cooking are they canning are they doing art Uh, kind of building up your as it make that connection with people 
and, and show them who you are as more than an artist and then blend your art back into that. I think there's a great time for relate in a, in a, in a strange way, even though it's online for that relationship with the fans to be done. Yeah. Cause I see a lot of, I going into the local scene, we kind of, um, we're just play shows with local kids and build a community there. And then sometimes, you know, after we were on work Twitter, they would ask us a bunch of questions. I'm like, oh, yeah, you just need to really get yourselves out there personally as well as – and they're doing it with great content, um, with great music. Um, and it's nice to see, like, a community base around supporting each other, let alone kind of attacking. Because, like, back in 2013, like, I did, like, a medical project, which – I, we did the Ernie Ball Battle of the Band, so we were on Warped for one day in Homedale. Um, but that community was hard to wrap our heads around, considering the fact that everybody's trying to, like, not step on each other, but try to have one up, you know, on the next band, which was very right. strange to me. Well, that was, I think, a moment. I think there was this time where, where and, then, and I think there is a, a sense of community coming back. I think we got tired of this competition, everyone being in competition. So I think there's a moment in time when we can pull each other back up and, and help um, help each other. You know, mm-hmm. people realizing that if you help other people, it can only really sometimes help you. It's not knocking them down the stairs, not chopping their, their heads off if they get a little bigger front than you. You know, it's support them. And if they remember, and who cares if they're the first, if they're the band that breaks from your city, if they remember you and bring them with you on their first big tour. Right. Exactly. I'd rather be the, I'd rather be that band than the ones who were like jealous of them or giving them a hard time for their success. Yeah, it's just literally networking, like make friends with everybody instead of like trying not burn bridges, but make sure that your presence is known. Like, hey, I'm in this band, and we're actually gonna, you know, we have a little bit better of, of a crowd, better crowd than you, or some sort like that. People, you know, thankfully that community's been changing slightly more so than before. Exactly. Like you said. Um, so, um, are you? Do you do you have any kind of insight to when you might involve in another festival of some sorts? Like if it's not warped, if it's another maybe something next spring. Okay. Maybe maybe next spring. I've got a couple ideas. We'll see. Okay, cool. I gotta get this paperwork. I gotta get I gotta get something in to someone and if they maybe want to work on something. Um, you know, it won't be the traditional thing that that maybe you've seen me do in the past. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we expect something a little bit different. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people are saying, hey, we need Warped Tour back. We don't know. I need one of you guys to create something better than Warped Tour. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. You yeah. guys got to create the next thing. The that'll last, next thing. That'll last 25 years. And for, and for bands that are still working their way up, uh, what do you, do you, when do you think is the right time for them to – this is the one question that they always ask me because we signed to CI Records, which was a huge help in getting us out there on, on the market. Uh, but these local bands want to know when – they are um, should be ready to go onto a label as well as maybe management and PR. When you're, when you're writing great songs and you're the biggest band in your own backyard, yeah, become the biggest band in your own neighborhood, whether that neighborhood's a city or a county, become the biggest band and write some great songs, then you're ready. Yeah, because a lot of people they 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 want to just be curious and then they kind of get leery and push themselves out there. I was like, just keep playing local shows with us, or just keep playing yeah. local shows with other bands, yeah. like. But, you know, when you can start and then build slowly and build into the next city and build into the next city and, and widen that network and your arms go out so far. And I always say your arms go out as far as a tank of gas, mm. you know. So <laughs> if you get somewhere and start building that world, you know, if you live in a place like Southern California, that's 30 million people. That's yeah. a lot of people, you know, or whatever we have in our state, you know. Uh, you can reach a lot of people 
but don't go past your fingertips too quick. You know, make sure you can handle everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially especially when you're in a community that um, doesn't really have a big music scene, you could basically start it, um, or so you know, it's oversaturated in the market. Like California probably has a lot of bands going out there on covers, or New Jersey. Um, but if you live in like, I don't know, like Arkansas, and you're there's like two or three bands, like you already have a big yeah. lead on it, especially if you're writing good music. And never, never, never discount being in a wedding band. No, I'm just what I'm doing now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You play a wedding band on the side. You make money on weekends so you can go do your, your passion and love um, the rest of the week. Absolutely. <laughs> you involve yourself because it's like it's it's the original band Poeta now. And then I have like a wedding band project that we're kind of just like, you know, you go play a gig every once in a while. You get paid and it just, you know, pays your bills, makes you happy, gets you playing. And just keeps and you rolling. Keeps you, playing. keeps you playing. Yeah. So I'm glad everybody's staying healthy and, and safe during this time, man. Um, yeah. And I hope you've been feeling well with the surgery. Like I remember you telling me about, so that's, yeah. uh, the recovery is going pretty well. You're feeling pretty good. Okay. That's awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate the time. Um, okay. I'm definitely going to hit you up when I'm in California, stop by for some, something from a garden, maybe pick something. Like yeah. That. Please, please swing by Scott. It's been great seeing you and great jumping on your show. And man, now I'm all teched up on Skype. I did Instagram live. Did I got all kinds of tech is catching up with me right now. <laughs> and it's working. It's, it's all for the better though. It's yeah, all for the better. It's absolutely. that direct connection. All right, brother. I'll be talking to you right. soon. I appreciate Thank you, you having me on. Take care. All right, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.